This is 3P Theory, the podcast for AEC professionals seeking to elevate their knowledge on green building strategies and practical design collaboration for sustainable mindsets, bringing you changemakers, innovators, and sustainable leaders who have positively impacted the industry. It's time to get inspired, motivated, and fired up to take action towards a greener planet. Here's your host, Mike Brown. And then another thing that we're working on is we are working with companies to create software that aligns more with the 2030 goals. So a lot of these software programs out there are not tailored towards us. So we are working with different companies to come up with software that's more up-to-date, more custom, and more tailored to our goals and what we're looking for, creating perhaps a dashboard of that would be really nice. <laughs> so we are working on it and we're very close to moving forward with a couple of companies. Wow. So you're hopefully going to be hearing about that maybe early summer. Wow. So we're okay. really excited. We've been working on it for a little while. So it's been really exciting to be working not just on the local level, but also on the national level. And, you know, we also have a, a district in Canada. So we are moving into international as well. So it's, it's very exciting to to be able to come back to my group and say, you know, we've got this momentum going on nationally, and I can pull that into the districts or our district here in in Dallas. Yes, so that's very exciting. So these are just a few future projects and solutions we're looking at for our ongoing momentum. So another concept that's maybe a little bit out of the question, but I think the momentum increases with the perception of Dallas. People have a perception of Dallas that we are not progressive and that we don't have forward thinking. I've spoken to a lot of people who say, oh my God, you're from Dallas. I travel a lot. And they say, (laughs) you're from Dallas? And I said, yeah, I was in Portugal. And I guess I had pulled out my ID or, or something and it said, Dallas. And so the the girl said, you're from Dallas. And she was like, but you're so modern. So, you know, that perception of Dallas, I think that that creates momentum here because people want to show, no, 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 we are so progressive and forward thinking. And, you know, we're number four in square footage with the districts. And a lot of people don't know that. And so I think that that also makes my members want to do more and say, no, look, Look at what we're doing. Look at what is happening. And I have a very funny story. So I want to say in early 2018, all the sustainable airports came to Dallas for a summit. So I got a call from DFW Airport, and they said, you know, Salima, I think that we should be putting together tours to talk about, you know, what Dallas has done, what buildings are doing, and that, you know, I think we need to showcase Dallas. So we created four separate tours of four separate buildings, all different. So we had all of these different cities and, you know, even internationally here. And so they did all these tours. And so, you know, they loved it. They said, oh, my God, it's so wonderful. So I got back together with my group 
Um, because a lot of members separated out to do these tours. So we got back together. I said, oh, my God, how was it? And they were telling me oh, it was great. Everybody was so excited. And we all kind of paused. And we all came out with the same story that, you know, I thought that you wore cowboy boots and rode horses here. And I'm not going to tell you which cities <laughs> told me that internationally. But, you know, they were very pleasantly surprised. So when I say that perception, I mean that, you know, I want people to know that I'm from Dallas and I love it. And we are moving ahead, you know, with this great momentum and speed mm -hmm. and that now the city of Dallas has all these sustainable programs as well, which is just, you know, icing on the cake. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the momentum is definitely there and these building owners, the, the professional members, the community members are all excited to push forward at the speed that we're going. Great. All right. That's great. Yeah. I've definitely heard some of those preconceived notions before too. So it's hard to believe that some people still have that perspective, but. Oh, and it's a lot of it's, people. It's a lot of people. I mean, you know, even if you're in California, that thought is there and, yeah. and they're so close to home <laughs> and New York too. Yeah. It's well. like they're here, here within, you know, the U S borders. And so, but if anything, I look at this as an opportunity to educate them. And like you said, showcase what we're actually doing and uh, really, you know, show people that we're more than you can, more than the eye can see. So. Well, I have um, 21 other spokespeople, the 21 other directors who tell everybody, no, 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 that's not Dallas. Dallas <laughs> isn't, you know, doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Dallas is <laughs> underrated in very many ways, um, and this is definitely one of them. So, so hopefully with the help of all these members, we can showcase mm -hmm. Dallas you know, to, to everybody and say, look, you know, we're progressive, we're moving forward and we've got excitement, positivity and momentum. Well, how do you feel 2030 districts has changed over the years? Do you feel like we're on the right path or not to compare to the 2030 commitment for AIA in terms of, you know, energy reductions mm -hmm. and, you know, the huge gap that there is in that regard, but, are there any metrics I guess you can share or talking about the progress? And I don't have metrics right now. So what we do is we have an annual report that comes out. And our report is going to come out in probably summer. So I'll have more, so more numbers. <laughs> it's around the corner, I know. But I'll have more uh, stats and numbers for you then. But, you know, with this momentum that I feel, I think that we are moving forward in a, in a good direction. I think we are progressing well. Um, we'll know more in summer, but just from what I see and all the buildings and what they're doing, you know, when it comes to energy, water, and even transportation, I mean, now, you know, this whole Lyft and Uber, where do I park? Where do I go? Where do I drop off these people? Um, people are actually now looking at all of this and they're looking at, you know, future cities. What is a city going to look like? Are we really going to have a flying car? You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's funny because it's really not that far out. You know, it's like Back to the Future, the hoverboard, you know? <laughs> At that time, we were like, what? 
yeah, hoverboard. Yeah, like the Jetsons and all that. Yeah, no. I, when we watch that, and now it's like, oh, my God, it really wasn't that far away. So I, uh, buildings are really not just buildings, but, you know, the city and also multiple vendors are looking at that as well. And so I think that that, that is something that is helping us progress as well is all this new technology coming out. Yeah. So I think that with that technology, we've seen changes throughout the years and we're pretty young. I'm talking about when we started in 2015 till today, I can see, you know, the difference in the technology and how fast it's moving. Uh, we started with just a few million square feet and, you know, within just four years, we're at 32 million plus square feet. So I think that that's very exciting. And I think that that growth is there. I mean, you know, these buildings are saying, okay, give me this challenge. I'm going to do my best to get there, which is just great. We've grown our membership base, not just building owners, but with community members, uh, with professional members. So we've grown in all three aspects of that. Yeah. As you mentioned, or at least alluded to in terms of Dallas being still a very growing and vibrant city or just North Texas in general, and all the growth that we've seen in real estate and people coming here from East Coast, West Coast, uh, it's, be- it's going to become even more important as people start to, as companies start to come here, people start to build out and understanding what that new infrastructure is going to look like. I think there was a statistic that was released uh, by the North Texas Council of Governments mm-hmm. that there's one person that moves here to the North Texas area every 3.6 seconds. And when you put that into perspective, that's a lot of people uh, over the course of, you know, over a year or a month or, or whatnot. And so being able to prepare for all those individuals and those companies, uh, I think is, is really important. Well, yeah, it's just not individuals. I can say it's companies and corporations as well. I mean, Amazon was thinking about coming here, mm-hmm. you know, and I think sustainability plays a big role in when a company is thinking about moving their headquarters somewhere. There's a whole list of things, you know, talent, education, but I think sustainability for a lot of these companies is a big deal. And then having their thoughts and ideas implemented into, say, the city of Dallas, I mean, that would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That would create more buy-in, so that's, yeah. So I think it's just not the individuals moving here. It's also different companies like Toyota moved here. Amazon was thinking about it. Apple, you know, just there's a whole entire list of those companies. In terms of the organization with 2030 districts, what do you feel is the next step? And are there any new initiatives or targets? I know you talked about the emerging, you know, software development that you guys are working on. Are you guys aggressively looking to adopt new cities or other cities knocking on the door say, hey, can we get get in on this? Or what does that kind of look like? That's a great question. So, you know, the 2030 districts actually handles all that. But I do talk to them, and they are looking for more cities to grow with. I know that, you know, Houston might be one. I know that there was chatter about that. (laughs) Um, I know that there were a couple of other cities that were very interested in learning more about the 2030 districts. But there are criteria. I mean, you have to have the funding. You've got to have the city on board. You've got to have a certain amount of buildings who want to participate with these goals. So it's a process that takes some time perhaps a year or so, and maybe longer. But I know that the 2030 districts are working on having 
more districts out there. I know that Vancouver might be one, but they're expanding and they're being aggressive about it because this is something that all major cities should be doing. Yeah. So I know that they have been really looking into that and they've been getting also a lot of door knocking saying that, you know, we are interested. Can we have some more information? I know people call me all the time and I, I send them to our CEO of the 2030 districts. So I think that that is wonderful that there's people out there or maybe companies or cities that are really excited to have the 2030 name with them. I also wanted to talk about our direction with the Dallas 2030. So every year, we have a roundtable discussion with, I have two separate ones, one with our engineers and one with our building owners and managers. So I talk to the engineers, I talk to facilities people, I talk to their staff, and I say, you know, what are you looking for from the Dallas 2030 district? What are you looking for in Dallas? What are you looking for in general? So we go through this couple of hours that we spend together and we, we have lunch and we just talk and uh, they fill out a survey for me and I'm able to take that information and I do the same thing with the property folks. I get them all together and I said, okay, well, what are you looking for with the Dallas 2030 district? What are you looking for in Dallas? What are you looking for in general? So I put those two together and that actually shapes what we do for 2019, 2020 and, and so on. So that is something that helps me shape and move forward with the district. Because people say, well, do you just pick it out of a hat? (laughs) No, I don't pick it out of a hat. But, you know, with all the the things that are happening in Dallas with the technologies and the companies, we have to have a a master plan of how to move forward, what to do with our sessions, because... Calendars fill up very fast. That's true. So I think that that's also... That's helped us change and progress throughout the years is having the, the roundtable discussions, having, you know, these honest conversations that, you know, why are we here? What do we need to get done? And how are we going to get it done? And how are we going to move forward? And, of course, that momentum really helps <laughs> to push forward. Yeah, because, um, you know, priorities may shift or change. And being able to have that pulse from them directly is, I'm sure, Invaluable, yeah. um, as opposed to you know maybe thinking or guessing what they may want. Uh, so yeah, that, that oh, I'm not good at guessing. <laughs> you know, you have to tell me. So that's how I am. But it's good because it's an honest conversation. You know, I'll I'll bring up a topic and they'll be like, no, no way do we want to go there right now. <laughs> so that really helps me because I want to do something that's going to benefit them, right. and I'll only know that if they tell me. Or they put it on the survey. <laughs> so I wanted to take a moment and just, you know, talk about where that progression comes from, where these, where the agenda comes from. It does come from working both sides or all sides. Okay. In terms of lessons learned, what do you feel has been some of the major, I guess, turning points or milestones within the organization and or maybe even a specific project or two? in working with owners or facility managers. Every day is a lesson learned. (laughs) Do we have about four hours, five Uh, hours? (laughs) We'll break this up into a couple of episodes. (laughs) Well, you know, back in 2015, when we started the district, Mm -hmm. 
I was surprised. We had a very overwhelming response to the district.、Um, a lot of people wanted to participate. They wanted to join. They wanted to learn more about it. It was a very overwhelming process, and that's where we actually came out with this whole. Process of creating an application to really see these companies and building owners and community members to see if they're a good fit for the district. It took us a little while to get to that, but we did create a working group of members and we came up with these questions. We came up with a full process. So that was that was. A lesson learned. I didn't realize that it would be so overwhelming, you know, just at, right in the beginning. <laughs> so that was a, a good lesson learned. So I thought that that was something that other districts could learn from,、mm-hmm. as well. Are a lot of those kind of best practices shared amongst districts, or does everyone kind of have their own little way of doing things?、Or? Well, the best part is so all of the executive directors, all twenty-two of us, create an agenda every month, and we get on a call.、Oh. I'm not joking, and I would say that most of our calls we have eighteen on. <laughs> It's our venting session. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about best practices. We talk about, you know, the issues that we're having. We do follow our agenda, so you have to be on the agenda to vent. <laughs> well, I mean, that many people, you got to make sure you have a parliamentarian in the room to keep,、oh, keep order. So <laughs> we do. We have so we have a chairperson within our group who says, "Okay, you know, your time limit's up." <laughs> no, just joking. No, but we really do. We we talk about issues that we foresee. Remember, all of these districts are at a different age. So, you know, Seattle district is a lot more experienced than you know Dallas. So, I can always call and say, you know, or put it on the agenda that you know, how did you resolve this issue, or did you see this coming, or I feel like this is coming. What are some solutions so I can tackle it before it actually be happens?、Yeah. So, to be proactive, and so it's it's really nice to have. Support from the other districts, and to have that call—it's actually a very important call on a monthly basis. It's—it's it's on my calendar, and we've scheduled it for the whole year, so that you know nobody misses it.、Yeah. So I think that those are things like that call is just very important. We also have a summit every year, and it's a closed summit. So all the executive directors and with. A personal invitation. Some people are invited outside of the group, but we spend three days together in a room, and we talk and we we assign each of the directors a topic, like maybe fundraising. Would one would talk about it because they're the expert at it, or one would talk about training sessions because they're the expert at it. So we would all take turns and do these presentations. Benchmarking, baselining, water—water is a big thing—and、uh, so we sit down and we have these conversations for three days, and it happens every year in fall. So that is a very—it's a great time because I can bring all my questions and and have them for three days and and go through, you know, all of the best practices and their expertise. Instead of a two-hour call. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Because I can imagine all the things that you all, you know, talk about during those sessions, and、uh, with it being, I would assume, kind of a, a relaxed atmosphere where, where people can be open and honest on those three days, it can be pr- pretty powerful. I would, I would guess. 
it's not going to retreat, I guess, right? So. Exactly. So we have basically a roundtable, <laughs> and we're all at it.、Um, we have presentations going.、Um, you know, sometimes we have two presentations going. You know, we've got、um, one in one room and one in the other. We talk about new and emerging technologies out there. We talk about, I, you know, sometimes I think three days is not enough. <laughs> Because there's so much information out there, but it's really nice to know that I can pick up the phone and call any of these directors, and I get a response. It's not just you know three days later. I'm so sorry, I was busy. No, it's like within you know, if I send an email in the morning, early afternoon, there is an answer. So it's nice. it's nice to have that、um, relationship as well because that helps the district locally as well. Uh-huh. With some of these lessons learned, some of these issues, some of these things that we can tackle, and you know, not for it to happen、mm-hmm. <laughs> before. So, I think that's an important aspect as well. Okay,、uh, and actually, you kind of talking about the process and the involvement that the executive directors have, and I'm sure it varies from city to city. Do these executive directors have roles outside of that particular role? Meaning, you know, a full-time corporate responsibility, or something outside of that. Some of them do. Some of them do. A lot of them. This is all they do is the twenty thirty district, and I'm telling you, it could take up days and days. That's, that's and why I asked. I'm like, I don't know if they would have time to do anything else outside. You know, I have some. Some of the executive directors also have jobs or companies that they're running, as well as doing. The twenty thirty stuff. So, you know, it's that push and power and that <laughs> momentum.、Um, you know, they can do it. I can do it.、Yeah. You know, because they're doing double work. Wow. And you know, I also do my commercial real estate,、mm-hmm. and I teach commercial real estate as well. So it's this is just another feather in my hat. <laughs> so so yeah, it's it's totally doable to have that, but you have to have the. The passion for it, of course. Yes, <laughs> you have to have that passion for it. So if you do, then yes, definitely, <laughs> it can be done. Another lesson learned: with the wonderful economy comes some issues. Buildings here in Dallas since 2015 has they've changed hands many, many times. So it's a, been a little difficult or a little bit challenging to keep up with that. You know, sometimes when buildings get sold,、uh, property management stays, and sometimes when they're sold, they have a completely de- new team and a new group of people that need to be trained, and they need to understand what we do. So that was a little bit of a challenge as well. You know, with this good economy or this great economy, also came the sales and the transaction of buildings within the district and its boundaries. That was a challenge that we faced. Another funny—it wasn't really a challenge, but it was more of a, a shock to me. So when we first started the district, we thought, okay, let's get the engineers involved、okay. within the district, and、uh, we thought, oh my god, that's going to be a great idea. So all these engineers come in, and they're not talking to each other.、Mm. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> what is going on here? The funny thing is, they didn't know each other. Building A and Building B are right next door to each other, but they didn't know each other. So it was it was very very interesting to see that the engineers that are right next door that have been working for these companies for you know ten fifteen years did not know each other and the moment that they met they started talking to each other and I think they solved their own problems. <laughs> it was hilarious because one of the engi- chief engineers came up to me and said, "Slima, 
you are just way too smart. I said, of course. (laughs) But he said, you know, I was having this issue in my building and I thought that I was the only one, but it looks like four other buildings have the same problem. And so they went to our marketplace, which is our professional members and said, Mm -hmm. okay, we're all having this. You've got to solve this issue for us. It wasn't just that, oh, I'm a little embarrassed to say I'm having this problem. It was now an open thing that, no, it's not just me. It's three other people that are having this problem. So that was... It wasn't really a challenge or anything. I just didn't know that existed, but we did overcome it. By Now we have these networking events for them. We provide them lunch. They talk to each other, and they know each other now. That's the most important thing. It, like, opened up a new door for them. It was yeah, just wonderful. Yeah, it's a whole, like, new community of support, support group or support team there. Yeah, I guess it's like knowing your neighbor. Um, I didn't realize <laughs> that, you know, they were so siloed like that, but I guess yeah, probably even more so when you – move from different market sectors to market sectors in terms of that transparency and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, that's pretty neat. That was pretty neat. And so I was just, I guess it's kind of common sense. I didn't know that, but I was, I was just so surprised that, you know, that was happening. And I was just thinking, wow, I just solved a major problem. <laughs> A couple, a couple of birds with, uh, with one stone there. So yeah, yeah. And now they, the, these engineers are, they're more talkative, they're more open, and they're not afraid of me. You know, they're not afraid of saying that. Look, I've got this issue. It's not that you're not smart that you can't solve it, but we can't solve everything on our own. That's why we're here. And so I think that they're understanding that now, and I get a really good response with them. So it's it's been good. You know, on the property side, it's been good. And on the engineer side, it's been good, too. But with this turnover, it's been a little hard to get buildings to stay on and participate because of that change. We've got to find them. We've got to retrain them. We've got to explain to them what we do and have Energy Star Portfolio Manager updated. So we had some lessons learned, some challenges, but, you know, we've overcome them, you know, with the other EDs and their help with uh, the Dallas 2030 district members as well. So I think we're fairly lucky. We didn't really have any like major issues. Um, okay. Well, and you also made me think about another thing, which I'm sure if you were to look at the, the metrics and the numbers of statistics in terms of facilities that are involved in the 2030 districts that may have had the Energy Star certification prior, mm-hmm. that they are the ones that are consecutively renewing as opposed to some of the other buildings that aren't a part of 2030 district, uh, because you guys kind of provide that ongoing support and I guess push to track and report. And if you're tracking and reporting anyway, then it, it kind of just makes sense to, to recertify many cases because what I've seen as a lot of buildings, and it may be due to the fact that you mentioned about turnover and, and, and resale is uh, they have the energy star label for a couple of years and they may lapse for a couple of years or they may stop completely with that process. I found that people are scared of Energy Star. And I totally understand it because when you think Energy Star portfolio manager data, you're like, <laughs> I don't even understand the data. It's funny because um, I think that a lot of them are just scared to understand it. And it's once they, they're like, that's it? <laughs> that was really easy and simple. So I also think it's the education portion of saying, okay, well, just sit down with me and this is a spreadsheet and you just, upload it or you just put in the data and it's really simple 
And so I think that that is something that stops properties from, you know, updating their portfolio managers because maybe somebody who was handling it, they're gone. They're uh, gone. Yeah. And so they're like, Oh no, 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 we, we don't do that. We don't do that. What is Energy Star again? What's Energy <laughs> no. Star again? But you know, buildings that are not on Energy Star, we encourage them to join the district. We want them to get on Energy Star. I have members who are willing to help them input their data, give them training on it, you know, all at no charge. That's so cool. if there are buildings out there that are a little scared or are just not on portfolio manager, it's a very simple process. You know, within a couple of days you can be on there and totally updated. Yeah. And you can participate in our benchmarking. Yeah. And then you'll be able to measure what you're actually doing. So yeah, the consumption that's, that's the, the most important piece, right? Yeah, it's like that pedometer. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's been a couple times where, you know, I'm sure this happens, especially for some of the larger portfolios where they may not have a dedicated team or someone to manage their their energy and, and, and resources of that nature where, you know, maybe essentially they just pay the bills. And that goes to corporate and they never look at those utility statements. They never see how much they're consuming. There could be anomalies, mm-hmm. errors mm-hmm. in some cases too, which I'm sure you're, you're familiar with that in terms of, of being overcharged or well, things not that just nature. that, but your score is affected by the data that you input. So if you're putting your square footage wrong or the type of use, it really does affect your score. And you know, with the simple change, your <laughs> score changes and you're like, Wow, because I, I had a building that had that same issue. They're like, this score is, look at it. Yeah. And I was like, but your information is not right. And that's why. And they were doing like everything by the book and they were doing all these new technologies and it was just, the number just was not going up and it was something as simple as that. And that's why we're here to guide you and to help you and to get you to to the the number that you want and to also get you to the goals of the Dallas 2030 district. All right. Well, there's one last question I had for you. And even if you give me a ballpark number, that's fine. In terms of where we are now with the amount of square footage in our district and kind of maybe where we want to be, if you look at that on on a scale to hundred percent, where do you feel we are at in terms of percentage Oh God, there's a lot of buildings within the boundary. I would say that we are probably at a 40% mark. Okay. And you know, that's, of course I'm estimating, but you know, there's a lot of buildings out there. There's a lot of new buildings, existing. It's always changing. (laughs) I couldn't even give you a square footage because everything keeps changing. Every time I drive through uptown or downtown, I'm like, that wasn't there before. Where'd that crane come from? So it's, it's hard to say, but if I had to quantify it, I would say about 40% we do have, but there's a lot out there that, um, that we haven't captured. I know that our smallest building is about 250,000 square feet. So there's a whole sector of buildings that we have not touched. So maybe thinking about it, maybe a little (laughs) less than 40%, but you know, that's, that's how I'm looking at it. Um, everything we do have is, in a higher square footage, like we've got Comerica Tower and we've got Bank America Plaza, and those are our two skyscrapers. So, you know, that's square maybe four thousand, four million square feet right there, roughly, of course. But you know, adding uh, those big buildings, 
now if we add the smaller buildings, they're going to add up really quickly as well because there's just a bunch of them. That's true. So, yeah, I hope I'm I'm right on the forty percent. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> so yeah, no, I I would estimate about about forty percent. I think so. Yeah. You'll have to ask me this question again. Yeah, no, <laughs> next I'm, time. I'm gonna. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, the report that comes out. You know, later in the summer, I'm sure there'll be some some really great insights in that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be talking about that report. We'll talk about you know what we've done, where we are, background about the district, and then where our metrics are. Um, hmm. You know, where are we on a scale from one to ten? You know, or on the goals. Right. So hopefully, I'll have some. Some answers for you. <laughs> Don't hold me to summer, but I'm hoping that it'll be out in summer. Great, great. Well, um, it was great having you today. Uh, definitely enjoyed all of the amazing insights. There's still so much more I wanted to ask you. I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie. Even the questions that I did not have. You know, Do you have the uh, whole weekend? Because <laughs> I could talk about the Dallas 2030 district and commercial real estate for days and days and days. Well, that's typically what happens when you're passionate about something, and I can definitely see that yes, in you for sure. Yes, yes. Well, I'm sure our, our listeners really enjoyed this as well. There may be another session where we invite you back again, so um, definitely look forward to continued conversations and uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you. Of course, of course, anytime. Until next time. Thank you for listening to 3P Theory with Mike Brown. If you like our show and want to know more, check out buildingiqpodcast.com or please leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Join us next time for more insightful knowledge on high-performance building design.